guys, this is DP0427 here to bring you another episode of The Watchtower. And today, since Hate is away in Vegas, we have Mr. Scotty Mac back again as a special guest, and he might as well be a regular at this point. So, <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? Glad right. to be back. Cool. So again, uh, if you guys haven't listened to the last episode of The Watchtower where Scotty was on, go ahead and have a listen to that. And also give us feedback there and also on this episode. Let us know how we're doing, uh, if you guys like what we're doing and you know what we can do to improve. So we're open to any comments and suggestions. So uh, let's get right down to business. So for today, uh, we have a couple of things on the agenda. So the last time we talked about Doom Patrol episode one. So today we're up to five episodes. So we're going to talk about episodes two to five. We're going to try to avoid spoilers, but if we can't help ourselves, you know, here's your spoiler warning. So if you don't want to get spoiled on Doom Patrol, you know, maybe be cautious about that. All right. Then the next thing we're going to talk about is some news surrounding the Suicide Squad movie, the Suicide Squad 2 movie uh, involving James Gunn and Idris Elba as uh, interesting news. And then we're also going to uh, talk about some non-related DC stuff uh, being Captain Marvel. So we talked about the Captain Marvel trailer in the last episode. This time we both went out and watched the movie, so we're going to give our thoughts on that. So let's just jump right into the first thing, Doom Patrol. So like the last time when we were going over episode one, we're going to talk about our general thoughts, favorite parts, characters, anything we didn't like, and what we think is going to happen going forward, what are we expecting going forward. So, Scotty, what did you think of the last uh, four episodes of the Doom Patrol? I uh, I felt like they were pretty good. I it was definitely on brand with the expectation that they set um, in in the first episode. I was actually impressed with Cyborg. He gets introduced in episode two. I was really pleased. I think with how they're doing him and his youthful flavor. I think it's going to fit really well. You know when eventually he crosses over into Titans, right? Um, so the actors, the actors doing well, and special effects are good. Uh, still love, still love, Mister uh, uh, Mister Nobody. Nobody. He who can't he's be named. so good. <laughs> he who can't be named. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, I really like the uh, character dynamics that they're going for too. So you know you can very easily see sort of the pairings that they're starting to create. You know, mm-hmm. with Jane and. Uh, uh, Jane and Robot Man are really good, and well, which version of her? But um, <laughs> all of them are pretty good with him. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and by the way, I think she's easily my favorite character, Crazy Jane. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get, I don't get tired of any of Calamity Jane's possible personalities. They're Calamity, all great. Calamity Jane. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I can see where you're going with that. I'm still sticking with Robot Man. He's so funny. I love Robot Man. So. Yeah, yeah, his timing's really good. And he, like, I, I don't know if it's like a... I, I would say sometimes for some episodes you would think, okay, maybe there's an overuse of the F word here and there and F-bombs dropping all over the place. But Robot Man has pretty good timings. Like, it's pretty, you know, on par, on spot, like, you know, so. Yeah, I haven't noticed... Like, there's been a couple of occasions, I think, where it didn't feel natural or it was almost like, wow, that's a lot of cursing. But <laughs> for the most part, it just kind of like slips in and runs and I don't really even notice it. It just feels like it's a natural flow. So, mm-hmm. you know, that. and then, of course, there's there's the scene with uh, uh, the scene in Paraguay. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, and that all goes south Sideways. very quickly. That was yeah, that, that was uh, the indicator that, oh, right. This is not for children. 
<laughs> so uh, there was um there was a one thing about that scene in Paraguay at the end with um, the little Asian dude who gets into the machine. Now, okay, here's your spoiler warning. All right. <laughs> Tune out for right now. <laughs> okay. So the little Asian dude gets in the machine for too long, comes out. He's got like all these different body parts and powers and stuff. Does that not get, think make you think of Metamorpho or am I thinking too far, like too deep? No. So that's exactly what I was thinking too until they showed the raptor head on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. And once I once I saw that, I was just like, no, that guy's an abomination. Okay. But I got really excited too because I thought that would have been cool. Yeah. So that at least I wasn't the only person thinking that. So he's just a mistake. So that's all I was. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. I think so too. Okay. So I like how that yeah. they made that like whole Nazi fighting thing. That was cool. That was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. The one, the one thing I could kind of like take or leave. Um, uh, so I, as much as I'm like I'm a bit of a supernatural fan, right? So okay. as much as I enjoy Crowley as a character uh, and the actor that plays him, I really was a little bit disappointed that they kind of went with a, a just like a, a cut rate uh, John Constantine style fill in for the last couple episodes uh-huh. to fill in the the wizard or the magic piece I, I was kind of we're talking about I like Kipling, him right? but I did Kipling yeah. right yeah so actually Kipling. I I looked into this now um, I didn't know too much about the Doom Patrol um, in terms of like depth I only know like the basic characters right but then when I looked into mm-hmm. Willoughby apparently he was actually explicitly supposed to be there as a John Constantine replacement now there's a reason for this because during the time of the Doom Patrol's comic you know publication there was a Constantine uh, publication basically Constantine was Constantine's licensing was only for the comic series Vertigo and Basically, as a result of that licensing issue, they couldn't use Constantine's likeness in the Doom Patrol. So they had to make like their own Constantine, right? So I I figure that at some point, the licensing issue no longer becomes a a thing because Constantine does cross paths with Doom Patrol, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, as Justice League Dark does cross, uh, cross paths with Doom Patrol several times. So, um, and I would imagine that um, Kipling and Constantine know each other pretty well. <laughs> they both they both happen to be English, and they both happen to be practitioners of the dark arts. So, let me let me tell you, I would I would pay heaps of money to watch that buddy cop flick. Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> we we've got a Kickstarter it right now. We can go on. Yeah, exactly. Let, Look at Critical Role. You're exactly. I was gonna say yeah. Let, let, if we get this going, we can we can we can break some records. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So yeah, that was. I agree. Kip thing's pretty cool. Um, now, what do you make of the the unicorn head? <laughs> oh, Baphomet. So, yeah, Baphomet. My favorite part about Baphomet. Like my favorite, favorite part is that during the first prophecy, she delivers it to the tune of horse with no name. I'm dying. Like inside, I'm dying right now. It was so good. And it was like a subtle little throwaway, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. And I have to I have to say, like, there's so much on point humor. Like there's just all, a lot of subtlety that's being put, like, put out in this series. And a lot of it comes from Mr. Nobody breaking the fourth wall, being the narrator, right? And then some of it also yeah. comes with the the way, like, the characters have awesome one-liners. <laughs> I can't I can't even remember them all off the top of my head because you know I've just been uh, rushing through a lot of the episodes recently. But still, like, this series has you know exceeded my expectations in terms of humor. As a spinoff, this could be this is I would say you know 
a really good standalone show. It wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that it deserves the title uh, spin-off because spin-off gives it sort of a downgrade type of feel, right? So, anyways. Yeah. yeah, this this definitely like seeing more of of it coming out. Like now, obviously, we're in five episodes now. This puts a lot of hope for me into the DC streaming universe. Right, the DC universe, right? right? So yeah, like I'm I'm amazed. I can't wait to see what the if this is like this. I can't wait to see what the Harley Quinn restricted. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, Cartoon's gonna be oh, man. like that. Seems like it's gonna be insane. There's Something will probably legitimately be a horror show, yeah. right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. going to be good. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really hoping also that Star Girl is gonna be good too because we don't see much of the JSA because um, they're sort of like I don't know how to say it. like they're they're the the the, the B team <laughs> so to speak, right? Yeah. You know, so we don't we gotta get to see them. Or if Doom Patrol was the B team to the Titans, and they're the B team to the JLA, right? So I really hope that they do the, the JSA some ser- some service through uh, Star Girl. So I uh, hope that's good. I had yeah. actually totally forgotten that that show was coming out. Yeah, it's gonna be a good series. I hope yeah. so. And also, we want to okay. wrap up uh, Young Justice when that comes uh, out. I think in June, the rest oh. of the, the season. Yeah, yeah, that, it's been so good so far. So I, I expect good things. So they've been really delivering on their shows. So yeah, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm really happy with the, what they're doing. So uh, and hit us up with that collab, DC Universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, what was I going to say next about Doom Patrol? Um, so what are we expecting going forward with this series? So we know so far, um, you know, we've seen the the. The coming and goings of Niles Calder with the whole interaction with um, Mr. Nobody, right? Then mm-hmm. we we got to know Cyborg. We got to know the characters a little bit um, a little bit at a time. We it's kind of like what we predicted. There was going to be more character development in each episode. We got to know uh, Rita. We got to know um, more of Crazy Jane. And um, well, so we is that, that 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 was just about it, right? So, um, what do we what do you expect going forward from here? So it's really interesting um, to me because I, I don't really know. Like that—that's the thing that has me. I—I I, I was expecting some sort of strong plot tie to carry me through all of the episodes, but instead, it almost feels like it's episodic storylines with occasional, you know, two two episode spans. But I actually kind of like it that way. All right, so. Here's a spoiler for all of those who haven't watched the fifth episode, all right? Here's your, like, two-second warning. So, at the end of the last episode, you have uh, Crazy Jane, um, and she hears whispers uh, upon high, which is Mr. Nobody, uh, telling her um, something in her ear, and she ends the episode with, what the f*** is the Doom Patrol? (laughs) It's her literal quotation. So, So, what do you take from that? I think um, I think Mr. Nobody needs them to be a team for some reason, you know, um, and it's almost like he's been slowly, you know, magnetoing them into shape, I guess is the best way for me to put it for all of you comic folks out there. Uh-huh. Um, but I really don't know. Like, I, I think... Uh, I think it really just becomes he needs them to do something. So he's bringing them together as a team and calling themselves a Doom Patrol. And for whatever it's going to fulfill, I mean, he's got sort of this semi-omniscient view of things of the timeline, et cetera. So, you know, maybe maybe he needs them for something. 
Right. So basically, at this point, now Crazy Jane, she is the one who is closest connected, I guess, to to the chief. And now the chief is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, is she going to be, I guess, the Jean Grey to Professor X, basically? Is that what we're trying to think of? I think it depends on the personality that shows up, right? Right. Um, I'm in, so I'm interested to see what happens with Cyborg. Is he going to be around much longer? Is he going to stay? Is he gone? Um, how does this impact? How does how do uh, the results of the last episode? How does that sit with him and resonate with the rest of the team? Right. Um, so he's got to reconcile all of that, uh-huh. and uh, and we still don't really know who that being is the the pure energy being we still don't really know oh the negative man himself the negative man inside yeah i i kind of have this feeling like is it is it actually just some sort of crazy being or are they going to pull it's actually somebody's spirit that was turned into something and is it is it his gay lover Uh, like i i don't know right Uh so it's it's gonna be interesting and the more they uh scratch away at those layers too it'll be pretty good that's, um, that, that's one where I think I think, and especially with him having spoiler alert, especially with him having been in that machine for a little mm-hmm. bit to kind of try to get some more perspective. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a closer tie to Mister Nobody there than anyone's willing to admit. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Now, uh, what's your thought on um, when we're talking about Crazy Jane? And you said you can't really get tired of her personalities. What do you think of yeah. Doctor Harrison? <laughs> She was awesome. <laughs> she was awesome, and like every, I don't like I didn't read a lot about it, so I don't know who all of the sixty-four personalities are. I don't know what all their powers are. So every time a new one comes out, it's it's a joy, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's a nice surprise and a joy because I get to enjoy this this new thing that's being shown. Uh, and she was really cool. The fact that there's just this, like amazingly intelligent. Uh, persuasive professor in is so, that's so cool. She's yeah. she's easily the best character. Yeah. Definitely, and like I love that her power is the power of persuasion. So it reminds me of someone from Heroes, but I can't remember you know who has that type of power. But anyways, um, oh, it's Matt Parkman. That's right. That's what it is. Yep. Um, yeah, it, 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 he ended up being like a cop, super right? telepathic, but right. Yeah. But cool. at first, that's how it manifests. Right. Cool. Alrighty. So, I mean, good things for the Doom Patrol. Uh, I hope they wrap up the next five se- uh, five episodes for this season, um, you know, uh, the way they started the first five episodes. Because, you know, if they do, I don't think it can, they can do wrong. So, and I really hope that they, they do more tie-ins with the Titans for their next season, too. So, and Titans next season. So. So so how good so how good was the one scene the last last reference again mm-hmm. we're filling out the world when he's sitting there and uh, cyborg's famous and everyone's asking him about oh are you in the Justice League how's Batman do you know this guy like that was really cool too. <laughs> I mean that was more of like oh that I mean it kind of sucks for cyborg that he's he's just known for being in the Justice League he's not known for being just cyborg but I mean they kind of gave him some clout right but yeah I, I get that. Um, I want yeah, I want to hear more mention of my man Superman though, and so but I don't really we don't get to hear much about Superman yet. We do hear um, yeah. mentions of Batman all the time from Titans and so on. So, all right. So I mean, let's uh, I guess let's move on from there from Doom Patrol and uh, let's get into uh, Suicide Squad. So uh, as we mentioned um, in the beginning of the episode in the introduction, so in Suicide Squad, 
there's been news of Idris Elba uh, being the replacement for Will Smith uh, as Deadshot. And also, many people already know that James Gunn had left uh, Guardians of the Galaxy previously and was taken on by DC to be to direct uh, Suicide Squad 2 as his first DC movie. Now, there was the the issue or I guess controversy behind that um, with Bautista because Bautista, Dave Bautista being Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was saying he that Gunn was the reason why he came into Hollywood or became a you know a successful Hollywood actor. He owes a lot to him. So if Gunn's not going to be on Guardians of the Galaxies, neither was he, meaning the end of Drax. So he was saying that he was probably going to follow Gunn into the DC EU. So we're thinking, is Bautista going to get a role for him all right, so he's going to get a role for Bautista in the DCEU. Then, very, very recently, I would say about a day or two ago, Disney renegs on the gunfiring issue. So that means him and Bautista are slated to be back on for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, there's <laughs> a lot of information. Let's, let's uh, dissect that one by one. So first, Idris Alba replacing Will Smith. What do you think? Love it. I like Will Smith, but there's only so many times that I can watch him play himself in a movie. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah. So, so I I like Idris Elba a lot. I think he's he's a badass. I think that if anyone watched The Dark Tower, which by itself was a terrible movie, but he did a really good job yeah. in portraying this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tortured gunslinger. Uh, yeah, he he'll he'll be great. Yeah, my Fantastic. favorite. Fantastic. My favorite is also um, his portrayal of I can't remember his name, but the guy from Thor. Who has the? Who's the guardian? Who's like? I'm done. Yeah, that's his name. That's his name. Uh, I love him. I also love uh, Luther. So from the series Luther. So yeah, so, really, really, really awesome character. Really great actor. Uh, I'm wondering, um, you know, what accent he's gonna play because he's British, right? Um, so. Yeah. I wonder if he puts on, you know, a good American accent to be Deadshot, or are they just gonna make him play Deadshot with a British accent? So, what do you think? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he could pull off either. I think it'll probably be the American accent, though. They don't want to go too far away. I think from Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I, the thing that I'm really excited about him being on board is that I think that signals that darker turn mm-hmm. into uh, into the movie. So, you know, Suicide Squad was supposed to be this you know, dark and gritty with comedic elements. And it was like, it, it did that. There's a noticeable difference in tone between Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And that was, that was by design. I hope that gun is faithful to that tone. Uh-huh. And still, like, has the comedic elements because Gunn's sense of timing and, and for those sorts of things is really good. But I'm really, really hoping that it's that dark, gritty tone. And Idris Elba is able to pull that off really, really well. And to me, it sort of signals that that's what they're trying to do. Replacing Will Smith with Idris Elba? Yeah. Right. That's just dark and gritty all over it. Cool. I like that. Mine's well, a good take. Uh, all right. So from the world of Deadshot, we'll move on to the world of directing. Uh, we go to James Gunn. Now, first, getting James Gunn on to this movie, now replacing, I can't even remember who the last person was, but, you know, good riddance. Because <laughs> the last one, oof. But James Gunn, coming from Guardians of the Galaxy, what do you think, you know, he's going to bring to the table in terms of Suicide Squad? I think he'll be able to create a more cohesive uh, group. Um, James Gunn just does this architect really well. Uh-huh. 
And, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, better banter, better timing. I'm looking forward to slightly better chemistry. I'm looking forward to, um, to just like better, better visuals, better cinematography. Right. And, and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, the spanning visuals, you know, that you get are, they're just such a big part of the show. Um, I, I expect a lot of that same sort of vision to come cool. into Suicide Squad. I'd love to see like sort of a panning shot, sort of like drone sh- drone shots of battle scenes where you see all like the, the whole group of the Suicide Squad taking on another group of bad guys and you see them all fighting at the same time. That'd be cool. Like rather than it just being like, sort of shaky cam stuff. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right on board with that. Now, if we were to uh, safely assume that Bautista would be following Gunn on whatever project he, he's doing in terms of the you know superhero worlds, uh, superhero movies, would you could you think of a character that Bautista could play in the DCU? See, I I think he should play Killer Croc. I can because see that. the guy that played Killer Croc last time wasn't big enough, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but but I don't know I I don't know if he can. Mm-hmm. Like like if if Bautista were quitting and basically mm-hmm. saying screw you, Marvel, I'm out, I'm going to DC with Gun then he could do the movie. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that if he's going to come back and do Guardians 3, I think there might be clauses in his contract which would prevent him from doing the Suicide Squad. But I don't know. And it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how that all shakes out. That would be um, interesting. But yeah. I, he's killer croc for me, for sure. Yeah. The other person I thought of would be Bane, maybe. Also Batman villain. So Because he's big and bulky, right? The only thing is, like, can he put on a Mexican accent? <laughs> so... Yeah, and to me, Bane, and the, the dramatic irony of Bane is that he's actually hyper-intelligent. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if Batista could pull it off. I mean, Batista, he's famous for being an awesome Drax because of the way Drax is. <laughs> so, And also, you know, yeah. it, it fits it perfectly, though. I mean, I guess... Yeah, he doesn't have to act too hard. I mean, on that note, I mean, let's segue back into Guardians of the Galaxy quickly then. So the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy is now back on with Gunn and Batista back as her, you know, back as to way, the way it originally was. What do you think of that whole renagging issue, first of all? Um, well, the reality is, is the reason that he was fired in the first place was garbage. Yeah. Right? You know I mean? That the whole social media so, stuff from like way back when. Yeah. Um, and, and so if, if that's the reason for the firing, then there's... You know, I think that it was just a change in the guard and somebody went, what the hell are we doing? Uh-huh. And it just, you know, got their heads together. Anytime a turnaround like this happens, it more often than not means somebody in some high office somewhere got replaced with someone else <laughs> and they just decided <laughs> to change their mind. <laughs> so uh, I'm super glad they did. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is still in my top five uh-huh. Probably top three movies of Marvel of all time. So, oh, really? You like one more than two? Yeah. I like two pretty good. I like, really? Two's good, but one's better. Okay, fair enough. All right. I mean, I personally like two just because of the, the Drax lines, because I think Drax got better as a character in Guardians 2. Uh, but then he also got better in, was it Thor Ragnarok? Is where he made the cam- where they made a cameo too, right? I can't remember. Uh, no, it was, oh, was it Infinity Avengers? War, I think. Oh, right? in, yeah, he was in the Avengers. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just happy that Bautista's back as Drax because that kind of, they'd be really, really hard shoes, like hard shoes to fill. 
to find someone else. Agreed. Right. So. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and I think that that speaks really highly to Gun too, right? Through the casting process and and how they've done it. I mean, I literally couldn't envision any other actors playing the characters for Guardians. I just couldn't. Fair enough. So right. that speaks volumes. Uh, while we're on the topic of the Guardians, uh, I guess like I'll give a shout out to Mantis as my favorite actress on the show because she's a fellow Canadian as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. when I when I see a Canadian actress doing well, you know that makes me proud. So, <laughs> but I really like Mantis's character. She's cute. So that's cool. She's really good. Yeah, and her and Drax together is just hilarious. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I mean, in in terms of Marvel, let's move on to Captain Marvel. Uh, so we both mm-hmm. watched a movie recently. Me literally about six hours ago. So, uh, first of all, we're going to talk about general thoughts, favorite parts, characters, anything we liked or didn't like, and what we're expecting from the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe going forward, and then, I guess, an overall rating out of 10. So, actually, we'll lump in the rating with the general thoughts. So, first of all, rating, what would you give this movie? So, I need to preface this by saying I'm really biased. Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, is one of my favorite comic book characters. Um, and, and as a result, you know, I'm a little bit more predicated towards enjoying this. And but still, that said, super entertaining movie. My daughter came out of it. I went to take my, uh, my you know, seven-year-old to see it, and she loved it. She thought this is just the best best superhero movie she's ever seen and to me that's awesome so i I think overall it was really super entertaining the visuals were great uh so a lot of the performances were amazing so yeah i mean it's easily an eight and a half out of ten from an enjoyment standpoint for me Uh uh but i think that if you start to kind of pick away at the technical aspects and start to look at things like how was the plot written and, and really kind of break it down mechanically, mm-hmm. it's probably a solid seven. Right. So I would say that um, in terms of expectations, now I, I, I was talking to you about this earlier on, and then I was talking to other people and listening to reviews about it. And I think that um, from a movie standpoint, uh, and not just a superhero standpoint, but just a a movie and breaking it down in terms of its cinematic elements and you know, acting, directing, and so on and so forth. I would agree with you. It's around the seven range, maybe even go lower to six because there were some elements just kind of there's places where things fell short and they made up for it in other things. Like I would give a certain category, maybe nine out of 10, but another category like four or five out of 10, for example. So the average would be somewhere like six to seven. Then, sure. then, but when you take it as a Marvel movie and when you take it as a superhero movie, you know, I think it meets most expectations. It gives you that epic feel. It gives you that satisfaction. It gives you that origin story that you want. And it gives you that development of the characters. It gives you some comedic aspects, especially with um, the characters that connect from other things like the Avengers, uh, Nick Fury being a big part of the movie, obviously. So they did a good job um, piecing in things that the fans would enjoy and then making it a good time. It was a very, very good time. And then um, at the end, they brought it back to reality. So I think uh, overall, I would give this movie, I would give it a seven and a half out of 10, not being biased, but like considering everything. So I would say it's slightly above uh, a seven 
and mainly because I'm a superhero fan and I enjoy these type of things, but I could see it being lower. So, um, yeah. now, in the last episode when we were talking about the trailer, you were kind of on the notion that um, it's probably going to be like the Wonder Woman origin movie and how they brought together the Justice League stuff at the end near the credits. And this was exactly what happened, right, for the Avengers. Uh, in this case, on that, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they they found a formula that works, and they decide to use it themselves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I so but there were some things that about this movie that I really really enjoyed, and that were super on point. For me. Um, the fact that this was basically a buddy cop film set in the nineties uh, with aliens was amazing. Samuel L. Jackson again turns out. A fantastic performance seals the show. The fact that they used uh, all the special effects to de-age him twenty years was oh epic. God. It was like literally watching Samuel L. Jackson walk off the set of uh, Pulp Fiction, walk off the set of Pulp Fiction, yeah. and right right into our hearts again. You know, right. it and was Phil, <laughs> Phil Coulson too. Phil Coulson looked really young too, right? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he did. So, so that was that was like easily one of my favorite parts. But I think that the piece that's going to go sort of under uh, underappreciated is how good the score was. Yes, right? yes, the if music was so good. All of the music because they're in the nineties when this yeah. happens. All of the music is from the nineties. It oh was such a throwback. It was, there was so good. It was there was no doubt. Not Gwen Stefani, kids. No doubt. Go look that up. Yeah. <laughs> there was no yeah. doubt, and there yeah. was all this like random. Oh my garbage, god! Garbage, even garbage. like oh my god. Yeah, so, garbage was yeah. in there. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. guys, guys, go look up garbage. Garbage is a very, very good band. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> very, quick tangent here on garbage because I, when I moved to Japan, I didn't know you know too many people that knew some of these minor bands. And one of yeah. and one of the reasons why I married my wife is because one of her favorite bands is Garbage. <laughs> nice. You, you wouldn't find many Japanese people that knew Garbage. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. Um, anyways, so um, back on to now Captain Marvel. The, um, I personally think that there was there was a lot of great subtleties and subtle references to just retro things, I guess nostalgic things for people like us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? And that mm -hmm. really hit home for, for me. It's part of the reason why I really appreciated the movie. Now, in terms of the character development in the movie, I mean, do you have a favorite character? Um, is it Brie Larson or is there someone else that you like? Well, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson was the best character. Yeah. But if we're talking about we're talking about non-Samuel Jackson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, Brie Larson's the right casting pick for, for Captain Marvel, uh, especially this sort of uh, the way that they've chosen to represent her in this movie. And, you know, going the Captain Marvel route instead of the Miss Marvel route. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed her aesthetic. I enjoyed the fact that she was sort of this uh, smart-ass, um, grumpy, you know, like like just a really terse character in that regard. And, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, she had a lot of really good lines, and I think her attitude was, was kind of solid. But I feel like they – the only drawback I have to her is I feel like she kind of turned in her Kristen Stewart performance. Okay. Um, I see she's capable. I see. She's capable of so much more as an actress. And I don't know whether it's indicative of how the script was run or yeah. whether she was still trying to figure it out or whatever. But um, I feel like she could have probably done a little bit better in the acting field. But uh -huh. again, when it counted, 
in the moments that were those like big climactic turning points, like she delivered, right. like we were all cheering for her. So I mean, at the end of it, right? Did she do a bad job? So right now, I think I, I'm I'm right on there with you. There's a, a few scenes I feel like she was phoning it in, but then again, is it her fault or is the script's fault? Right, and then. But then, like you said, there were those scenes where people, uh, like my friend and I, we're like the two, like the only two non-Japanese people in the theater. We, there are scenes yeah. where we're like upright, like we're, we're going to stand up and start clapping, right? Like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we were sort of like soft cheering, not to sort of like raise any commotion. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, the, the, I feel like the movie, it, it, it really hit the right notes when you wanted it to. So as a comic book fan, you really appreciated certain things. Now, and the epicness behind some of, a lot of the battle scenes, like when she's in space, that's just oh, awesome. And, so good. Yeah. When she's sitting there at the very end, right in front of the ship, yeah. and just the, like... The thunderclap. Come get it. <laughs> yeah, come get this. I was just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, spoiler alert. All right, two-second spoiler alert. That scene, and Ronan just turns around and is like, Okay, we'll come back. We'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember how much of a badass Ronan was. Right? <laughs> so, now so. here, here's the thing that my buddy brought up. Uh, when he, he was sort of relating this to the Justice League movie, sort of as a comparison. Now, if we're thinking she's like Wonder Woman to the Justice League, uh, now that in terms of the Avengers movie coming up, think of it also as Superman, too. So, her... Her suddenly showing up to save the day in Infinity War is what we're expecting, right? In Endgame. Now, should that be the case, remember back in the the Justice League scene where Superman basically shows up and just, you know, rips Steppenwolf a new one. And it was like, you know, that was just call it a day, right? It was a little bit too OP in that sense, right? So he's he's worried that the way that they're portraying her in her epicness here is sort of like how they portrayed Superman in that sense. Like, she just... There's no one that can really stand against her. And she turned a whole tide of ships all the way back around. And, you know, they went with their, you know, tails between their, their bed, running with their tails between their leg, right? So sure. I'm wondering, is that is that what's going to be, you know, what we're expecting for Endgame? And Endgame's going to be, you know, an hour and a half long and, and we're done, you know? So. so I think, so it's interesting. It's a good point, actually. Um, but what's really interesting, I think, is when you have to consider the relative power level. Right. So we lost a pile of the we lost a pile of the characters to the snap. Right. And and we know, obviously, that uh, like some of the other characters, like Scarlet Witch, like Vision, Uh um, Captain Marvel basically got her powers from an Infinity Stone. Right. The Tesseract. Right. So the the, Tesseract. The Space Stone. Right. The Space Stone. Yeah. So so what's interesting in that regard is that sort of determines her power ceiling. Uh-huh. I mean, last in in um, in Infinity War, like Thor went through a monster power-up, right? Like at the end of Ragnarok and then into Infinity War, I mean, he got jacked up. And Thor is still, even this incarnation of Thor is still more powerful than Captain Marvel, I believe. Uh-huh. But with the axe, you know, he may not. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, like, Thor by himself has already been demonstrated that he's not strong enough to do it by himself. So if you get another Thor-level character in the mix, uh-huh. um, now we're, now they, they may have a shot. So right? it's like you have Superman and Eradicator. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's supposed to come in and sort of inherit the mantle of inevitable leadership of the Avengers, right? Like we know right. that Cap's done uh-huh. after Endgame. So was that in what whatever expecting? way they decide. To- so is that what we're expecting going forward? Because Chris Evans is going to be signing off, then we're like, all right, let's kill off Captain America, and then here's Captain Marvel to pick up literal helm, the literal helm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and that's exactly what I expect to see going cool. forward. I mean, she has um, the American colors yeah. too, right? That was part of the stick where they're showing how she was picking her uniform colors, right? So, God, that's that scene was actually really good. That was awesome. It was very very well done. Yeah, so, I, I really appreciate. It. We're <laughs> like, yeah, woo! It, it reminded me of the um, the Aquaman scene where he gets his uniform too, right? It's kind of the same feeling. I agree. Right. Yeah. Alrighty. I mean, now uh, spoiler alert again. Two second spoiler alert. So. Uh, for those uh, who have watched the movie and stayed to the end of the credits, uh, we see that she shows up post-page. Um, we see the other end of the page, basically, and we see the Avengers trying to keep the pager alive, and then it just sort of shuts off, and then she shows up, right? Now, what do we expect going forward from that scene? So are we thinking Avengers Endgame is going to pick up from there? So have you seen the new trailer for Endgame no I should go watch that now (laughs) yeah but okay tell me anyways yeah go ahead basically so she shows up and and they just they they kind of tack on to that interaction and I mean they piece these things geniusly right like you can't really tell when anything actually happens Uh but she's there and and they're all talking like uh, Black Widow Cap uh, Thor and Captain Marvel are all kind of talking and uh, Thor is like really macho kind of like stepping up to her you know mm-hmm. stepping up to, to Brie mm-hmm. and he kind of steps up and he reaches his right hand sort of uh, just past her head mm-hmm. and the axe comes and just like dives into his hand right beside her head mm-hmm. and she doesn't even like flinch or blink at all <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he gets it and he, he puts it down and he smiles he's like I like her <laughs> so it's there's going to be a lot of that uh, which I think is which I think is good but no I, I absolutely believe you know her just showing up and being like where's Fury uh, really kind of sets the tone she is absolutely like she's a soldier right mm-hmm. like she's a real soldier and I think that that's something that eventually Cap will Cap can get in line with right because mm-hmm. obviously he has his own war history right um so i I think that she's gonna she's gonna be a big fit and i don't know if it'll pick up right exactly at that minute because we there's a lot going on in the universe right we don't Uh know where tony is Uh um i mean obviously he's how does he get to the spaceship from being on the planet uh there's there's that starting point there's the rest of the world starting point there's the thanos starting point Uh, who knows there's also scott lang Right, like yep. you got Ant Man still in the quantum zone. Like, who knows where they're going to go in terms of picking it up? But, but we do know um, he gets out of the quantum zone because he's there with his van in front of the oh, in front of their right. headquarters. That's right, right. At that point. <laughs> he's like, we, so we Whoa. do. He's out. So I think they're going to show us how he gets out of the quantum zone because obviously he's there now. So yeah. I figured that's they're going to do some sort of back backpedaling, catching up, and then I guess maybe in the half an hour before the one hour mark, we'll get to okay. Now everybody's here. What do we do? Right. So yeah. So I think I think that's a solid uh, that's a solid assessment. I think that time frame actually yeah. will will line up exactly. Yeah. Alrighty. So let's hope uh, Endgame works out well, and also Shazam for next month. So we got a lot of stuff to catch up on. So I would expect now nice. um, here in Japan, Endgame comes out first. I think Endgame is released the same the same day everywhere in the world. So I'll be watching that on release day. 
uh, as most people would Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that the next time we do the Watchtower, we'll definitely be talking about the Endgame at the very least. Shazam, I might be watching at the beginning of May. So we might have to do that on the May's Watchtower episode. But uh, just things to look forward to. All right. So um, anything else left to be said about what we've talked about today? All right. That's it, man. All right. I've uh, pretty much covered it. All right. So... It was a good episode. So, guys, again, if you guys have any comments uh, or suggestions or anything you want to say about uh, the Watchtower and how we're doing things, just let us uh, let us know in the comments down below, whether it's on YouTube or SoundCloud or um, iTunes or Google Play Music. You know, uh, we appreciate all criticism. Um, and, yeah, all right. So, with that, we'll call it a night and um, hope this helps. See you guys later. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of WROL Broadcasts, a subsidiary of the Oddsman and We Are Legends. To view additional content and support the show, please go to patreon.com slash WROL Broadcasts.